You're listening to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Join us as we learn from successful firefighters and fire service leaders on how to achieve excellence. When lives depend on us, success is our only option. Hey everyone, so grateful to have you back for another episode of the Firefighter Success Podcast. I'm your host and also the author of Firefighter Success, Jim Moss. Now today we are going to be talking about effective leadership for the modern day fire officer. And our guest is a fire officer who wrote a book just on that topic. Jared Vermoulin is a captain with Boca Raton Fire Rescue in Florida, where he has served for over 15 years. He is a first-generation firefighter that entered the fire service in 2007 after working as a paramedic for a local ambulance company and hospital. Jared specializes in hazardous materials, rope rescue, trench rescue, confined space, and heavy extrication as a part of his fire department's regional hazmat team for Boca Raton and Palm Beach County. Jared is the author of the book, The Modern Fire Officer, which is intended to help officers create healthy crews and prepare for the many challenges they will face throughout their leadership. Learn more about him and his book at modernfireofficer.com. Jared, welcome to the Firefighter Success Podcast. So glad we could connect and do this. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited, Jim, um, that you're kind of given me uh, a voice on your podcast among so many, uh, you know, great leaders in the fire department. And I really hope I can bring uh, some value um, to your podcast. So thank you a lot, you know, for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here and congrats on the book. Read it. It's great. So many nuggets that we can adopt as modern fire officers. And it's it's great to, uh, you know, make it applicable and take action with all these things that you've talked about. And we'll talk about your book in just a second. But uh, as I like to ask all my guests, I want to ask you, what is your definition of success and how do you recommend we go about achieving it? So, um, you know, everyone on the podcast, they always say that that changes over time and how true that is. You know, when I first got uh, hired, I was just worried about succeeding through probation, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make it the year, you know, I got to gotta make money, support my wife at the time because I got married when I was on probation. So there's a lot of pressure there, you know? That's right. <laughs> no, can't, can't fail, you know? Yeah. So, but as you know, you get older, you get smarter, hopefully you get more mature, you get wiser. And uh, I think, you know, at this moment, really, I, I thought about this question a lot. And I really feel like authentic positivity. If you can have that throughout your career, true positivity about what you're doing, you're happy in your job, you, you can bring energy to the station. I think that define success, you you end your year, your 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 service years, whatever it is, 30 years, somewhere around there and and you were authentically positive about that entire time and you were positive through it, I think that you have succeeded. And I think like for you, what that does is that gives you a healthy state of mind. It it can give you some happiness throughout your career. You enjoy what you do. It gives you energy because of that. And you can bring that energy to the firehouse. You can have fun. You can work hard. It gives you contentment in what you're doing. It brings you self-esteem right? It opens doors and and makes you not afraid to go through doors that are open to you. It's, it safeguards you um, because it, it, it gives you a charisma, right? It gives you an aura 
that people kind of flock to that, mm, right? It yep. Makes other people happy. It makes other people want to succeed. It makes other people positive. And it also makes you ready to help. It makes you ready to be a mentor, you know, and it, that's contagious in the, in the firehouse. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that like that, like someone's super positive and like, I want to be around that guy. That's right. You know, and uh, it's a snowball effect, you know, it creates a healthy atmosphere. And uh, we know that the opposite of that, which is negativity, talk about a morale killer, right? right. In the firehouse, someone that's, you get a bad egg in the station, especially if it's a, the leader or the informal leader, it kills morale like instantly. Yep. You know, everyone's running for the, the bunks as soon as that, <laughs> you know, that, that person comes in, they want to get away from, from that uh, negativity. But even on the darker side of that, like when you're negative, it opens the door to PTSD, to mm. substance abuse. It hurts your home life, right? You bring that home with you. It kills your, your physical health, you know, through stress. So trying to remain positive, that's hard to do you know, over an entire career. Uh, there's ups and downs, man. There's There was times when I was driving to work and I thought to myself, maybe I, I picked the wrong thing. Mm. You know, maybe I yeah. shouldn't have done this. Maybe I should have done something else, man. I really don't want to do this today. And luckily, you know, I was able to get past that. I was able to have good, positive people in the station that helped me in that moment. That was going to be my question. And that's the million dollar question. And I totally agree with what you're saying about being positive, showing up. That's the minimum bare standard that we can do as fire officers and as firefighters. Um, that's the minimum thing that we can do, because if we show up with that negative attitude, then everything is, is gone after that. Right. No one wants oh, yeah. to be around us. We're not going to motivate. We're not going to inspire anybody. And we're going to be poor leaders. But if we show up with a positive attitude, that is the the foundation for us, you know, the jumping point uh, to inspiring our crew and, and, and influencing them the way uh, they need to be influenced. So I guess the million dollar question is, um, how can we have that positive attitude? I think we all uh, can pull from different things in our lives and, and different things that inspire us. One of which, you know, is my faith. And I believe you have a background in faith as well. That helps me remain positive and have the right perspective. But what would you recommend uh, how through the peaks and valleys, through the good times, the bad times, how do you recommend we stay positive? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the million dollar question. You know, uh, I definitely think faith has something to do with it. I'm a Christian and I, I rely on, you know, those values. I rely on certain, you know, biblical hopes. That's definitely part of it. But, uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the firehouse, I talk about this in the book. Um, you have to have what I call constant perspective realignment. Mm, yeah, and explain that a little bit more. So what that is, is, you know, you got to turn that glasses uh, half empty to half full, you know, right. how do we do that? Right. So, you know, something's going wrong in your life. You know, there's always someone that has it worse. Always. Right. You know I mean, you got to be happy for what you got, you know, mm. count and, your blessings, uh, right? Count your blessings. You know, there was, there was a time where, you know, some of the guys would be, I don't know, complaining about something, something with the contract or whatever. We'd be driving, you know, in the truck and you'd see, you know, poor someone in a, in a wheelchair. And I was mm. like, listen, <laughs> you think he's worried about you know what right. what happened to the union contract we're doing pretty good you know we're right. doing great you know right now so like it's it's all about thinking hey you know what things aren't that bad things are actually pretty dang good and uh you know one of the times that 
you know, things could go positive or negative. And, and I'm sure everyone's had this experience when you're around the, uh, you know, the dinner table, the uh, sacred mealtime. And, you know, you can tell when, when the conversation is about to go negative, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when you can kind of interject, be like, listen, guys, look what we're doing right here. Yeah. We're literally eating like steak and lobster. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're complaining that the yeah. steak is a little bit overdone because we yeah. ran a call or whatever. Right. Know, guys. And, and then if we don't get a call, you know, it's, it's after, you know, five, now we're going to go hit the recliner and relax and, and chat, you know, come on guys. Yeah. I kind of say, I kind of say positive statements like, like, you know, I like to work out. Fitness is important to me and, and the guys on my crew do as well. And sometimes I just blurt out like just positive statements like, Hey guys, we're getting paid to work out. That's pretty cool, yeah, exactly. right? You know, we could be working out off duty, um, but hey, we're getting we're getting paid to work out. That's pretty cool. And they kind of, you know, it's just a little thing to check ourselves to be like, we're going to do this anyway off duty, but hey, we're getting paid to do it right now. Yeah. And and a lot of that too comes from uh, reflection and meditation. You know, like not yeah. empty meditation, like there's you know, like a Buddhist monk or something sitting up on top of a mountain, you know, kind of right. thing. But thinking about the things in your life that are important to you, right? And then seeing how that benefits you, what you have, right? That's so important. And and also knowing when you need a mental health day. Right, sure. You know, things are getting, you know, take time. If you got time, take it. So many guys, you know, they got, they're just like piling time to try to get paid out or whatever, and that's fine, Mm -hmm. you know? But it's there for a reason too. Right. If if you're getting to where like, listen, I, I might need to take a week off let me let me think about these things. Spend time with my family. You know, it's so necessary. And and when you can do that, and then you can make also communication a priority. To to talk to those that you love, to to talk to your family, to talk to your crews, to to have real conversations. All those things are just like positives, right? That that bolster your that positive mental health. Oh, 100%, 100%. So, uh, well, uh, we definitely dove in deep with that first question. I liked yeah. it. And uh, uh, let's talk about your new book called The Modern Fire Officer. So tell us why you wrote it and who it is specifically for. So um, I've been a captain for a while now at, at our pretty busy station. I'd say the busiest, although some little guys, they're going to be like, oh, our station's busier. <laughs> That's said, right. Come on over to five. All right. For a little while. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, so it's in the, the center of the city. There's a lot of hazards. We have uh, airport. Uh, we have a couple um, colleges. We've got highway. We have nursing homes. We have a huge mall. We have commercial, slight industrial, a lot of residential. There's a lot of stuff going on in the zone. So uh, a lot of the step-ups, whoever is um, in a position to become a captain, usually uh, my battalion chief, puts them through my station to, for their final, uh, checkoff. Um, so I kind of go through a lot of the hazards with them and, and just evaluate them, see, see how they're doing. And what I found myself doing was saying the same things a lot. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't about the hazards as much, but it was about the hazards of being a leader Mm. in, in the firehouse. Like if you can create that team that's solid there, those hazards aren't so bad, right? right? If you if you got the the skill set, right, to get out there and 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 have trust in your crew that that the right things are going to take place. So you know, in, in my experience too, it seems like many departments they're they're lacking any kind of meaningful mentor program. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, people come and go and then they take their experiences and their wisdom with them. Right. And then it's gone. Right. And uh, there's a lot of that taking place now with uh, some of the uh, economic booms that have taken place in like the eighties and nineties. There's a lot of guys that got hired all at once. And now they are the senior officers and now they're all just leaving in droves, you know, as they're, retirement comes up and, right. and now we're we getting gotta a lot of new that. guys. Yeah, yeah. We got to capture it before it's gone. And I, I haven't, you know, been there as long as they have, but I figure I was lucky enough to have mentors, you know, in my career that sac- sacrificed their time for me. And I wanted to leave something for everyone that is an inspiring leader or that's new to the position that wasn't as fortunate as me, you know, mm. to have that. And they could, and and that's the book is very conversational. It's, it's it, I, I made it to try to read like what we're doing right now. We're just having this conversation, and it's. I, I hope that the book comes across that way, very conversational. Oh, definitely. And definitely. Um, I, I hope that it it will help people that may not have that mentor yet. And hopefully, we'll find one, but they'll read it. And because I mean, you look at the world today. I mean, I can see the difference over my career. I'm, I'm sure you can, but I mean, between like pandemics and riots and all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world, the things that we're expected to respond to. And then also right. on top of that, having increasingly difficult responsibilities, um, what we are actually capable of doing in the field, like just a paramedic abilities alone. Um, it's just a lot, you know, it's a lot on your plate. It's a lot to um, put together as a team to make efficient, to make great, you know, and yep. really that greatness starts with you as, mm-hmm. as the leader, like you can't lead anything if you can't lead yourself. That's right. So we gotta, we gotta prepare, you know, the next generations and, uh, we can't wait, you know, I was thinking maybe I'll wait till the end of my career. I'll, I'll write a book, but I was like, maybe this will help someone now. Right. And, uh, so and I hope that's, you know, what happens. Yeah. I really, I really hope that those reaching out to lead will, you know, look at the book and, and hope that it, I hope it helps them. You know, I really do. 100%. It definitely will. And, and chapter one is called a new view of leadership. So you cut right to the chase about leadership. So what is your personal definition of leadership? Uh, and what would you say are the foundations of being a modern fire officer? So, you know, basic leadership is, in a nutshell, I guess, getting a group of individuals to act as a team and accomplish a task that they may not necessarily want to do, but then right. to get them to do it efficiently and hopefully happily. But really, in the fire department, you know, that's not good enough. We need, we need better than that, even, you mm-hmm. know, true team cohesion. We need... Uh, essentially, we're mentoring each one of them. We want everyone to be a leader. And, uh, but again, you know, that leadership starts with you as the leader. Can you lead yourself? Is your life in order? Are you taking care of your own responsibilities? Are you an example, you know, to the fire department, to, to anyone that knows you, you know, when you're off duty, do you understand your own strengths and weaknesses? You know, what are your limitations? You got to know thyself, you know, to be able to do that. You can't just, you know, pick it up and say, Hey, uh, you know, I, I read this 
book. It was great. And now I'm just, you know, I'm a leader now. It's like, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Magic wand time. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? You got to do some soul searching and you got to be truthful and say, listen, I stink at this, mm. you know, and, and fix it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of hard to do. You know, I don't want us to look in the mirror like that, you know. Mm. And sometimes you got to go and talk to maybe someone you trust, you know. Usually, you know, if you're married, your wife will give you an earful of what you stink at, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and what you're good at, you know, and what you're good at, you know what I mean? But, you know, someone you trust that that will tell you the truth and, you know, and then you can work on yourself, you know, and once you can work on yourself, then you can understand your crew's strengths and weaknesses and then strengthen all of them together as a team, you know, mm. as much as you can through useful and pointed training, right? That's useful to them. Mm. You, you want, you don't want to, you know, you want to direct your blows, so to speak, so that That's you don't right. miss. We have to know? use our, our time and our effort, efforts with yeah. maximum efficiency when it right. comes to, like you said, you want to create this true team cohesion and we have to do that um, with, with maximal, I should say minimal effort, but maximal impact, um, to, to create that cohesion. Um, one of the things you said that is so on point is that it's all about first leading yourself and by leading yourself, you first have to know who you are. Like you said, know thyself, your weaknesses, your strengths, um, what, uh, how you can use those strengths to create that team cohesion, how you can lead yourself, lead others, motivate them, mentor them. Um, so, so many aspects to that. Right. Uh, one of the uh, things I really appreciated uh, reading about in chapter one was um, some of the foundations of what you believe is a modern fire officer and uh, service, sacrifice, self-control and humility were the four big ones. Uh, in, in your opinion, which of these would you say is the most important uh, for the modern fire officer? Humility, hands down. And uh, all of those service, sacrifice, self-control. I mean, you want to talk about something that's difficult to do. I mean, to continually and authentically display those. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is what, you know, the, the new term is essentially coined on it, servant leadership. Right. right? That's like the hot, hot term, but it's not new. None of us and none of anyone we know has made this up. I mean, to, right. to me, this is, this is the example that Jesus uh, essentially set for us, like in the Bible, right? Um, where he humbled himself. You know, he washed the feet of his, his apostles. He um, fed them. He took care of them. He even disciplined them at times, you know, but that's servant leadership. So, um, you know, taking that kind of an example, right? That's hard to do. Right. And you look at uh, service, you know, taking care of your crew. It's not the other way around. You know, unfortunately, many people think they get into a leadership role and now it's time to, you know, hit the recliner and, and you clean around me, you know, <laughs> right? You know, make my food, you know, right? or something like that. And that couldn't be the, more the opposite. It's, and, you know, I learned that from my family. Uh, my mom uh, is Sicilian and, and we grew up having the big Sicilian dinners, you know, and it was um, the host responsibility and also their prideful moment to make sure everyone was seated. Everyone had their food. Mm. Everyone had a drink, right? Everyone Before you sat down, you don't sit down. You know what I'm saying? You make sure everyone has their thing. Then you sit down and everyone's happy. Now you're proud of what you've done, mm. right? And, and you've done this for them. You've served them because you love them. 
you know, mm. they're part of your family. You I know, sacrifice that. is part of that, right? You have to sacrifice your wants and needs to do that, right? That's so sacrifice means time, right? Time and energy. And and a lot of that is gonna be, and what I've understood now in, in my leadership role is to communicate. You have to get better at communicating. You have to have patience for it. You have to prioritize it, right? Mm. Otherwise, you're going to be in the dark. How are you going to know how to lead anything? You don't know what you're leading. You, you got to sacrifice your time and energy to do that, right? So then you know, okay, this is the training I need. This is the mentoring I need to do, right? This is the skills we need to, to take care of. Mm. And, and that's just, you know, the, the big things. The little things, you know, the the cooking, the cleaning, you know, all that too. That's all time and sacrifice, but be proud of it, right? Be proud of the sacrifices you're making for those that you care about, right? And right. it takes self-control then now to do all these things. So these things kind of just come in a row, right? To do that, I got to control myself, you know, I got to say, okay, this is important, right? I got to focus my time and energy on these things. And um that's just in the firehouse, right? But control is is so big, just everywhere. You know, you're on you're on scene, and you lose control, right? Do, do the people around you gravitate to you at that point? They're like, "Wow, this guy really got it together," you know? Right. I, I think I want to put my life in his hands. You know, you, you gotta you gotta remain in control, right? And control creates trust. And and when you can control the what's happening on the fireground, you can control what's happening in the station. It shows people that they can trust you and um you know it it that trust is big and mm. and it has to do too with our personal lives it's not just you know on duty in the station on the street it's it's also in your personal life i mean if you spend your days you know running around on your wife you know you spend your days putting dumb stuff on social media you know you're the guys see that you know the that bias doesn't evaporate just because you got in the front right seat of a fire apparatus. Right. Or you have a gold badge, right? Right. They're like, they still see you for who you are, you know? So you got to have control, man. You got to yeah. have that control. And, and like, like we said, that, that key point to all of those is the humility. If you are too proud, it won't matter. Mm. You gotta, you gotta humble yourself and you gotta, you know, care about other people, put them first. Mm. Well, I, I want to wrap a bow around uh, the humility that you spoke about, because in chapter two, uh, th this is what you wrote. Humility will allow you to look inward and understand your limitations and weaknesses. It will allow you to take criticism, whether it is given tastefully or not. It will allow you to take responsibility for your mistakes and learn from them. It will allow you to see that each member of your crew has something to teach you and will add to the overall product your crew creates. So I couldn't have said it better. And I wanted to make sure that I wrote down and shared that quote from chapter two, which is all about humility. Like you said, the most important foundational component uh, to everything tied to your leadership, including service, sacrifice, and self-control. So well said, I could not have said it better uh, and I want to move on to chapter five, where you talk about, and you mentioned trust. So you write about trust and empowerment in chapter five, how they're critical to leading and specifically building a team, building that cohesion that you mentioned earlier. So another million dollar question, how can we as leaders build trust and empower our people? 
Right. So, I mean, there's two main things here. First, you know, there's no team without trust. So it's right. got to be there. But uh, first, you got to trust yourself. Ooh, you know, good. this is this is one of those. Everything c- comes back to you, you know, as, as a leader. You got to trust yourself. And, you know, leaders that don't trust themselves, they're called micromanagers. Ooh, I and, like that. Uh, you know, when firefighters are micromanaged, then they do the bare minimum. They go mm. into self-preservation mode. They don't feel trusted. They don't feel safe, right? They're they're just, let me just do this, you know, to, to get by. <laughs> right. You know, let me do the bare minimum. Right. I don't, I don't want to be told on scene I'm doing it wrong. I, whatever. Let me just get it, you know, just here. Here it is. It's good enough, you know, and, and that's not good enough. You know, that's not what we want. And, um, so we got to trust ourselves. So again, that goes back to understanding what our weaknesses are, our limitations, and then fixing them. So whatever that is, we got to get profession proficient at, you know, what scares us, mm, you know, that's good. getting out of your own comfort zone. Yeah. Like that's, so that's why we won't trust ourselves. Cause we're, we're bad at something, you know, mm. if you're confident, you trust yourself. Yes. And, uh, you know, if nothing scares you, man, Hey, huh. Time to seriously reevaluate. <laughs> you know, you're gonna get someone killed, man. Like, or yourself. You know, there should be things that scare you out there, and uh, right. you should be training on those things. And so, how do you do that? Uh, yeah, learn everything you can. You know, there's there's nothing off limits. Uh, I talk about that in the book. I mean, people will call 911 for everything and anything, mm-hmm. and we need to have an idea of what to do, right? Or at least who to call. That can't right, right. So, and and that is also that proves you know a couple things. Number one, I can trust myself. Hey, I got an idea what to do here. Right, you know. But it also makes trust from your your crew. They're like, okay, this guy kind of has a grasp on the situation. Hey, you know. (laughs) That's right. And I think one of the important things is yes, we need to trust ourselves. We also need to trust our crew, and we all have different strengths and weaknesses, right? Uh, and so if we don't have, even as the officer, if we don't have it all figured out or what to do on scene, we might have an idea. Um, we need, we, we are part of a team. So there might be someone with greater strength in a specific area for a call we're, we are on that might have the solution. And as Chief Frank Biscuso says, you know, the best idea has to win every time. That might not come from us exactly, as yeah. the the officer. It might come from the probie, right? Or it might come from the senior man, or it might come from anybody, but we have to make sure that the best idea wins. And that again, we go back to that humility. We have the humility to make sure that the best idea wins for a successful outcome. And that's uh, really, if you trust your, your crew members enough uh, to make sure that they can speak up and if they have the best idea, then you're going to be a successful team. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, that um, 100%. I mean, you have to be open to discussion, you know, um, in a healthy way, even on scene. It's called a team for a reason, right. you know, and everyone brings something to the table and that's what the empowerment part is, right? So you trust yourself, you trust your team, you've done the investigation into who, who do I have on my crew? What are they good at? You know, yep. this guy, he's a master electrician on his, on his, second job. Mm-hmm. I think I can trust him to figure out what's going on on this, you know, electrical call that we're on right now. Exactly. You know, or, or even if it was, like you said, the, the rookie, right. They, they came in knowing, having some body of knowledge. Mm. Okay, great. Perfect. We're going to use that body of knowledge. In fact, train us on it, you know, and that's, that's what it is. You know, the, the training it's reps, it's, it's about confidence. 
And um, once that trust, that cohesion, that empowerment comes full circle, then it's not, it's not about you teaching them. It's about everyone teaching everyone, including you. Mm. And you have to be honest, right? This is about the back to the humility thing. You have to be honest, like, Hey, I'm not good at this, man. You know, I, I had a issue the other day where I messed up and I told firefighter I was working with. I'm like, listen, I need training on this. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. So could, please, please train me on this because I haven't touched in a while and the, uh, it didn't look good. So, and they did, you know, and, and I, and I hope that, you know, that humility came through, but I also think that when you're, when you're authentic like that, it creates a real cohesion, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's what you want. And you want that cohesion because it creates a snowball effect where the product that you're making goes beyond you. Like you can't lead that well. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I know in, in, in those moments when my go, when my guys go above and beyond, they do something. I'm like, that wasn't me. Okay. Right. That was not me. That was better than I thought I could do. But because they knew that I'm 100% behind them, like you're, you do your thing, man. I trust you. I know you're good. You know, right. They surprise you. You know what I mean? Wow. I didn't even think you could do that. Now I, I'm going to put that in my book mm. and you know, you're making me look great. You know? That's right. But really it's you guys. That's right. You know, now something you mentioned uh, when you were answering the last question was uh, you should be scared of something, right? And if you're not scared of something or something doesn't bring a little bit of quote unquote healthy fear to you, uh, you're not doing it right. So in chapter six, you actually discuss fear as a, you know, having fear as a fire officer and uh, overcoming fear that is unhealthy. So uh, explain why you wrote this chapter and maybe some of the tangible steps that we can take to turn our unhealthy fears and unhealthy stress into success. Yeah. So this is a big one, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen, you get like a, uh, a person, an officer, maybe a Lieutenant that goes to the captain role driver goes to the captain role and uh yeah they get they, you can tell they're scared they, they start changing their personality starts changing maybe a little bit they uh maybe start to micromanage um you know because they get into that seat and realize holy moly you know i'm on deck you know i'm making mm -hmm. these choices now this is a big deal it's and, all on uh, my shoulders now <laughs> i was that guy you know i got into that seat and uh, at the time i was a, a driver and um, and both you can step up to both lieutenant or captain. So the lieutenant would be uh, the officer on the ambulance, and then the captain, obviously, on the fire apparatus. So I was doing all three, mm. and uh, for two years I was juggling all those. I, I was getting confused. I'd get up for a call. It wasn't even my call. <laughs> oh <laughs> so wow! Down my shirt, see what was on it. Oh, I'm a captain. Never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's the rescue going out. So, um, you know, I, I was struggling a lot of things. I was, I was nervous, man. I had anxiety, uh, to the point where I was grinding my teeth at night mm. to, and I, I didn't know what it was called. I had to go to the dentist and told me that bruxism is called where you literally grind your teeth and you, you create cavities. It's not from, um, you know, like candy or something. It's from actual wear. Mm. And, uh, you know, so I, I had to, go back to square one, you know, it took me a while to understand that, you know, it's okay to be, to be scared. It's okay to have fear, you know, you can, and you can be open about it and it's natural to do that. No one is, you know, no one normal is, is not scared of something. That's right. Know? And, uh, but the, th the thing is you have to do something about it. 
right? You have to learn, you know, you have to understand what makes you scared. You have to train on it, right? Do surveys around it, whatever it is. Like it's the airport. Like we have an airport in our zone. We've been working on that, you know, just trying to get more proficient with things going on there, you know, survey, see what's there, get, get familiar, right? And you're going to fail, you know, and that's cool, you know, and then you try again and that's, you just keep going, right? Until you get it right. Get, and that's get just, those sets and reps in. All right, sets and reps. It's a it's a circle of life, you know. You just <laughs> you just keep 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 going, you know. And uh, you know what scares you? You you tack it head on. And um, but there's also th- things to think about, you know. For me, you know, I was thinking, how can I every shift make sure everyone is happy, goes home safe, you know. And for me, it's like, number one, obviously, safety. You have to err on the side of safety. That's how you can overcome fear. So you have to know your people, right? You have to understand their capabilities um, and can't ask them to do more than they can do. Mm. You know, that's also part of it. Like, not just, you know, is, is how safe is this act, but can they accomplish the act, mm. you know? Or do they need more training? Do I need to train more for that? Um, you have to be a master of your safety equipment. You better know what is on your truck and what it's used for, and it works. Right. And uh, and how to train others, you know, on it. And and if there's something that could be better, hey, do some research, write a make it, write a recommendation for it. Um, and if you don't know what to do, because this is like a big one, right? You you're you're on a scene. You're, you're there's many things you could do, right? You're, it's rolling through your head. Okay, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. Uh, you know, this is the the indecisive moment that that changes you from the leader, you know, to the, the, the person that's stood still, stood still in, in fear, mm-hmm. you know? Right. What do I do? Use empathy, right? Put yourself there, do what's right. Right. So, okay. If this was me, this is what I want, right? If this was my mom, if this was my wife, if this was my child, if this was my friend, if this was whatever, right. Then boom, like you should know, boom, right then this is what I'm doing. Okay. That's right. This is what I would want. This is what I would want for my mom. This is what I would want for my wife, my kid, my whatever. You know, so I mean, that's a that's a big safety net. You know, when you're when you're in fear, you're indecisive. I don't know what to do. You know, put yourself there. Put your loved one there. You'll know what to do. Mm. You know. Yeah, empathy. Do what's right. Empathy is just so powerful. And I think when we're new fire officers, or even if we're a senior fire officer, and there's a situation. Uh, that we don't know what to do. And we're trying to think, you know, we're trying to have the whole thing mapped out. We're trying to have a solution for the entire problem, whether it's in the in the firehouse or whether it's on an emergency scene. Um, sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes it's not possible to have the whole situation or problem mapped out and the whole solution right in front of you, right? And uh, oh, yeah. one of one of the... Um, uh, great uh, nuggets are, are uh, sayings that a uh, uh, pastor at my church says all the time is like, you don't have to have the entire problem figured out. Just do the next right thing. Right. And if oh, you yeah. do the next right thing, that's going to lead to the next right thing. Right. So uh, you don't, I think MLK, Martin Luther King said, you don't have to see the whole staircase, right? You just have to take the next step. Right. So figure out what the next right thing is or the next small solution. And that will lead to the next small solution. And that will lead to the big solution for the problem. So um, especially when we're new fire officers, you know, we're not going to have it all figured out. We're not going to know everything. And so figure out what the next right thing is and do that. 
Oh yeah. And and then having the team around you. Exactly. You know? Right. Rely you on your team. Trust what you built. Yeah. Trust what you built. You know, if they're they're around you and they're saying, Hey, this is the right thing, be like, You're right. This is the right thing. We're doing it. Yep. One hundred percent. Well, get it done. Well, next question. One of the the things that we've kind of talked about already with with your perspective about uh, success and what leads to um, success and a successful fire officer. Let's talk about attitude a little bit more. So uh, the attitudes of our in individual crew members, uh, the attitudes uh, uh, for ourselves as fire officers uh, who are in charge. Um, so why is attitude so important to our crew's entire success? Oh, man. You know, in the in the book, I, I put it this way. Firefighters that leave the station with a smile will outwork any expert firefighter with a frown. Ooh, boom, period. Stick a pin period. in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have rookie day one, best attitude. All he can do is put a pillow under a patient's head. He'll outwork any expert firefighter that's super negative. Mm. Hands down, because that person's going to remember this guy was nice. He put a pillow under my head. Right. Right. So attitude is its so important. I mean, you can have the skills, right? You could have the most amazing skills. Yeah. Right? But if you don't have the attitude to use it, it's useless. Mm. So you got to have you got to have the attitude, you know, and uh, number one, take a look in the mirror. You can't expect your crew to have some wonderful attitude if you're if you're a stinks. Right. You know, so you better be coming, you know, with some energy, some positivity to the station, you know, that takes reflection, right? You got to get your head right. That That's that constant perspective realignment, right? You're constantly doing that. Okay. You're coming into work. Am I in the right mood? Am I in the right attitude today? Okay. Get in the right attitude. What, 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 what makes that happen? Right. Maybe listen to firefighter success, you know, <laughs> Hey, nice plug. I like <laughs> get, that. I get like a little that. positive, you know, maybe uh, put on some jams that, you know, gets me ready to, to get to work, to get some things done, gets happy, Go to my happy place, you know? That's right. And when you can get into the uh, the station, you're bringing energy in like that positivity, man. It picks things up. Right. You know? And and everyone's seen that. Someone comes bebopping into the uh, firehouse and like just, you know, I'm never going to die, man. We're going to have the best day ever. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. All right. You know, everyone's, you know, everyone gets uh, perked up ready to go. It's, it's fun, you know? So be that, you know, be the example you want, be positive, bring energy, get excited. Right. Yeah. Stop complaining. Right. Stop rumors. Yeah. You know, all that dumb stuff that, that all that does is hurt, you know, and it's not fun. No one has fun doing that. Mm. You know? Yeah. So and I've heard it said before, don't be the thermometer, be the thermostat. Right. So exactly, set, yeah. set the temperature, you know, don't be reactionary, be proactive, walk into the station. And we all know if we walk into the station, we as the officer, as the leader start complaining, what's going to happen? Everyone oh, else yeah. is going to start complaining. Everyone else is going right. to be negative. Right. And that can be yep. so hard for us to do when oh, yeah. we might have, be, have, you know, sick kids or trouble at home or something in our lives that's really right. weighing us down. Right. Um, and it's hard to be that thermostat. Um, oh, yeah. instead of the thermometer in those circumstances, but uh, we need to do the best we can. Yeah. You got to remember too, changing attitudes is hard. Mm -hmm. right? right. So if you've got some bad attitudes, man, it's going to take time, right? It doesn't happen overnight. Mm, yes. So be patient, right? That's Show right. you care, be authentic, you know, see why they love the job, right? Find out what motivates them, weaponize that against them, right? 
okay, this motivates you? Good. I'm going to bring it up all the time. Right? <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to like throw it in your face, man. We're going to do it. Whatever it is that, you know, the good food at the firehouse motivates you. Sure. I'm going to make, I'm going to make the best dinner you ever had. Right? There I'm you gonna, go. Whatever it takes, you know, but you know, also to be honest about your misgivings, right? Mm. What, what can change your attitude? Hey, you know, I was driving to work this morning. You know, I felt like crap. But, you know, I did this, I, I got myself and now I'm, now I'm in a great mood, you know, mm. and, and that's how you don't allow that negativity, right? And, and don't allow mistreatment, of course, of anyone or a favoritism, all those things add to that kind of negativity, but because you, you need the station healthy and then positivity grows, right? No, 100%. And, uh, and then you can work on what I like is good FOMO, yeah. right? So the fear of missing out. Yeah. So no one's hiding, right? So it's, I almost feel like sometimes you're a cruise director, right? I think you just went on a cruise. Hopefully you enjoyed it. That's um, right. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead with, I love that. Talk about your cruise yeah. director. So cruise directing, right? So, you know, you're, you're sitting at the, the table in the morning, having coffee, okay, getting guys excited. Listen, all right. We're having our coffee. What are we going to eat today? Everyone's like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I want burgers. Okay. Dinner. We're doing this X, Y, Z. All right. Now we're excited about food. Great. Okay. Who's got the, the workout? Okay, LT, you got that under control. Nice. All right, we're going to do that uh, two hours after lunch, you know, barring calls. We got this training today. Hey, I also wanted to do this. Let's get that done. Boom. You know, we're bringing energy. Everyone's, they know the plan. It's like, it's just like when you're on a cruise, you're, you're coming out of your, your bunk, right? Okay, don't don't forget, you know, they're, they're doing bingo at three. We're going out there, you know? Uh-huh. It's, it's that you don't want to miss out, you know? So it's that fear of missing out. No one's hiding. Everyone's bringing energy. When everyone's together, right, you have more fun. Mm. So you want that good FOMO. Think about how to make that good FOMO, you know, in your, with your uh, crew. And be that cruise director. <laughs> yeah, cruise direct. <laughs> well, well, let's let's talk about the problem employee. Let's talk about the negative employee because we're all going to encounter this employee or maybe multiple times throughout our career. Um, so you wrote about this. And so what is the best advice for turning this individual around uh, and eventually making them that high performer that we desire? Yeah, here's uh, the billion dollar question. <laughs> the billion dollar question. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the biggest one. This is what, you know, a real leader will will shine. You know, this separates the the uh, the boys from the men. That's people. right. Uh, but uh the uh, girls from the ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, so here I think, uh, know thy enemy, right? Ooh. And um, to truly know your enemy is to love them, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know them so well, you have placed yourself completely in their shoes that you understand exactly why they're acting the way they act, mm-hmm. right? But in this case, they're not your enemy. They're your firehouse family. right? So it should be even more of a, a reason to do this right so what is that that takes you know a good bit of humility right it takes uh empathy but it takes a heck of a lot of investigation Mm. to understand what the heck's going on with this person right right in the book again i I talk about um firefighters have some sort of solace right that that's what we're hanging our hat on right for our mental health right? right whether it's our it's our family it's it's whatever it is right and and that's what we go back to when things are a little tough, we see something we don't want to see, you know, people shouldn't see, we think about them, you know, our kids, whatever it is, you know, but, and sometimes we lose our solace, you know, for whatever reason, things don't go right in our life, you know, 
And I, I, I find many times it's because some kind of a core issue like that, something they want more out of their job, they lose their solace at home, They're, maybe there's a jealousy issue. There's some core issue there that's making them act like that. People don't usually just blow up their career for no reason. Right. You know, so how, how do we find out what that is? Well, it's a, that's real, hard, uncomfortable conversation, mm. right? And the listening part of conversation. Remember, part of conversing is not just talking, right? It's listening. So you're going to have to do a lot of that. And, uh, you know, sometimes they might not even know they're acting inappropriately, you know? Yeah. That whatever's going on in their life, you know, that's it's tough. You know, they're, they're just trying to make it through that situation, right? you know? So, you know, maybe perhaps there was something, you know, you failed at as a leader you overlooked i want to take a look you know be honest with yourself and it it comes back to like you said before that self-sacrifice as a leader investing your time your energy to as you said know thy enemy and if you we know them we will love them if we love them then we're going to help them turn around we're going to have true empathy we're going to listen to them right and and show that we are invested and helping them. Um, and we may not have all the the right answers, right. To turn them around. Uh, we may not have all the solutions, but at least we're showing that we, we care. And that's a start for a lot of individuals. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And don't give up, you know, it's patience, 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 communicate, 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 say that over and over again, because man, you're going to need it. And, uh, yeah, even when they don't want even to, when right? they don't want to, you know, <laughs> and you have to look at yeah. like, whatever is happening, the, the problem, or if there's a failure, whatever, that's an opportunity, right? You can only go up from there, hopefully. So that's right. an opportunity right. for what, you know, that's up to you. You know, is there an issue here where, say, you know, you got promoted over somebody and they're upset with you, you know? Um, tell them, listen, guess what I just did? I got you a step up packet. And uh, we're going to work on this until it's done. You know, and and we'll put you in the, you know, the right front seat. We'll do whatever it takes. And I'm serious about it. I'm authentic about it. You know, I want you to succeed. Yeah. I will, yeah. I will be there. And then when you say that you will be there, you know what I'm saying? It's not like an empty thing. Like you are there. This is sure. study material. We're studying together. We're doing this on our time. Up. So that's, that's part of the sacrifice. You know, that's part of the mentorship mm-hmm. and that you've just turned this issue where you could have had, you know, a fireman that now they're, pissed off and they stay stagnant for their whole career now they're the next big thing you know and hopefully better than you, you that's know? right that's right because you've invested in them and i think um for me at least uh the biggest investment or the biggest value that others have poured into me um with my mentors are time like oh, and yeah. that's the biggest investment we can give someone else uh, like that, that problem employee, or even if it's the bright shining star on our crew, right. That wants Mm -hmm. to go to the next level. Time is our most precious commodity. It's finite, right? We don't have an unlimited supply of it. So the way we choose to invest our time and our crew members, and also let's talk about at home, right. Investing in our spouse, investing in our children, right. Investing in our friends, investing in, in whatever, right. And where we choose to spend our time, that is, is where our treasure is. Right. I mean, that's, that's going to show, um, what we truly care about, what we're willing to sacrifice, uh, for others. And, uh, I know that's easier said than done, especially in different 
points in our life, but we definitely as leaders need to choose how we invest our time and we need to invest it wisely. Couldn't have said any better, you know, and then, you know, when you go through these issues, reflect, you know, Mm -hmm. how did I handle it? Right. You know, I, I doubt, you know, you handled it perfectly. I mean, I never did. So, right. You know, I look back, be like, uh, that thing I did, that was pretty good, you know, but that was pretty bad. So next and, time for sure, let me not do that. And that'll go better. You know, right. you and get what can I learn from it? Right. What can I learn from it? Where's my, you know, and that comes back to humility, right? There's something I can do better next time. I'm not pretending I'm going to be perfect in everything I do. So what can I do better next time? Um, and then actually putting that into action is what can, is really going to make the difference for us growing as leaders. Oh, yeah. Well, in chapter nine, you talk about the silent killers. So in our careers, what are these silent killers? How do we actually mitigate them? So in in the book, it's predominantly about PTSD and substance abuse. Um, But there are so many things that people take to the extremes, you know, to high depression, pain or guilt, you know, sure, Um, it could rear its ugly head and in a divorce, you know, Mm -hmm. it could be you know, aggression, it could be all kinds of things on, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'm not an expert on PTSD or substance abuse, you know, but I've had my own problems with the PTSD. And, uh, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks, I did not realize it was happening. And, uh, you know, I started changing. Um, I'm usually pretty low key, uh, easy going, and I started getting like aggressive, Hmm. especially with my kids, you know, and, and that was a problem. And my wife, she, she saw it right away. You know, when, when you're in it, you don't know, you right. know, you're just, you're just like getting, you know, it's like going to from A to B. You're just, you, you know, getting through day to day, you're trying to get everything done. You're taking care of your responsibilities. You're not really aware that you're changing, you know, in those ways yet, you know, but, but my wife, she, she noticed it, you know, and she's like, Hey, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? mm. Like you're, you're getting aggressive, you know, yeah. you're, you're being short with the kids, you know, you're, you're changing. And I was like, I am, you know, what? And, and I had to think about it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm really like angry. And, uh, you know, it just, I finally, she's like, do you, do you have PTSD? <laughs> oh, she like, said that, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, I, maybe I do, you know, and I had to think about it and, you know, I did some research, looked into, you know, some of the triggers and the factors and I was like, yeah, yeah, I do, you know, and uh, that was about 10 years into my career. You know, there's oh, a lot wow. of things that you know, I've seen and been on scene with and whatever. And, you know, they finally came around, you know, mm. and uh, it took me a while, it took me about. I'd say almost six months. Hmm. So how were you successful in mitigating that and turning that around in your personal experience? Well, first off, you got to be honest with yourself. Hmm. You know, you got to say, look, I got it. You know, I have a, I have a problem. And uh, luckily for me, you know, I had a, a lot of people I could talk to and I did, you know, and, you know, my wife was one of those that it was a couple calls that really bothered me. Um, gave me a lot of guilt and uh, got it off my chest, you know, talked about it. Yeah. So that was a big deal for me. And uh, I think it's important that 
as officers, you know, we understand that right away. I wish I knew that right away when I took into the, got into the role, you know, it's just like, this is something we're going to deal with. And uh, it's, you know, no, no one's Superman, right? You, you can't do these things, right? Day in, day out and expect to be untouched. You know, you can't play in the mud and not get dirty. <laughs> right. So you, you got to go into it thinking, listen, man, I'm going to c- come in contact with these things. I'm going to have these issues, right? Be open and honest about it. But at the same time, look for it in, in your crew. Mm-hmm. You know, look for it uh, on your team. You know, you have to be astute to the, the grim realities, not just of our own mental health, but of those around you. So you have to know your crew. Right. You know, every day I communicate, every shift I communicate with each one of my guys one on one at some some point early on in the day. You know, I just kind of, you know, social butterf- butterfly with a cup of coffee kind of deal. Like, <laughs> right. You know, bump in. Hey, what's up? You know, what are you doing? What'd you do when your day's off? You know, trying to get a baseline. You know, how are you doing? Something changed. Right. That's that's what that's how my wife was able to know something was wrong with me because she cares about me and she saw there was a difference. You know, if you don't mm-hmm. care about anyone, you're going to know what the heck's going on in their life. Yeah. You know, if there's a difference, you know, so you got to know, you got to say what's happening in your life. You know, what could be a trigger? You know, I know what my triggers are, you know, what are yours? I'll tell right. you, you know, I'll be open and honest about it. I, you know, this X, Y, Z, this is my, my issue. What's yours. Okay. You know, how, and then now I can minimize that exposure right if if possible um you know talk about some some of the crews that i've had and some of the issues that they've had but uh you know what what kind of jumped out to me you interviewed uh, josh chase um uh, who wrote uh, jump seat leadership you know that's right and there he said he he lost his wife to a seizure i mean mm. suddenly boom she's gone you know right. oh my god you know the, the yeah. poor guy I, I i don't even know how to deal with that um yeah. and he you know considered quitting you know but think about when he came back to duty, right? And he had to run a seizure call. Right. How awful is that? You know, as an officer, that's your guy. Right. You know, what are you going to do about it? You know, maybe you could talk to him, say, listen, you just got back. You know, this, this happened to you. We're going to mitigate that. You know what I mean? If we get a seizure call today, you're not going in there. Mm. Okay. Yeah. This is what you're going to do. You're going to do X, Y, Z on the, on the outside. You're, you can do this, you can, whatever, until you're ready. You tell me, you right. know, we're, we're, but you're not going in there. Okay. And, and there's so many things like that. You know, you can, you can be a shield, you know, as an officer, mm. you can even shield yourself. Right. You know, you, I, I, my lieutenant's, he's super strong. He could take my job, you know, if there's something going on and I'm like, I, I can't handle this, man. I'll tell him, like, look, can you do this for me? That's okay. You know, protect yourself, protect others. Yeah, that comes from really knowing our people, um, knowing ourselves as well. Um, like you said, knowing our triggers, what our weaknesses are, um, and then stepping up for each other and having true empathy uh, for what we have gone through and what we're currently going through, uh, each of us as crew members. Um Two of the big things that uh, you said that really stood out to me is, is first of all, uh, if someone says something or says we're not acting right is, is, and we are going through, um, you know, post-traumatic stress or post-traumatic stress disorder is, is first of all, admitting that there is a problem, that I have a problem. 
whether that's PTSD or substance abuse or something else. Uh, and then secondly, the most important step uh, is not isolating ourselves, right? Not being that person that says, I have it all figured out. I'm going to find my own solution to this problem. Um, but more importantly, reaching out to talk to others, reaching out for help um, and just discussing what you're going through. I think really uh, not isolating ourselves and making sure that we connect and communicate with others is is the biggest step to uh, the healing or the mitigation process. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. And you got to realize, too, not everyone reacts the same to every. I mean, you could be on a call. It could be nothing to you, mm -hmm. you know, but it could really bother someone. You know, you got to be on the lookout and uh, and not just that, you know, maybe in a smaller form. But look, I mean, if you go on some major event, right, you got like a rollover, kids aren't seatbelted in something serious. Right. Don't waste time. Mm -hmm. If it's an extraordinary event, initiate your CISM, your, you know, critical incident uh, management, mm -hmm. your team or whatever you call it for your department. You know, yeah, get it going. Be proactive. Don't be reactive. Be yeah. proactive with these things. If it was bad, you know it. You yeah. Know? And my battalion chief says it really well. He's like, if you have a call where you think it's a good idea after the call to uh, initiate SISM or whatever, like, don't think about it anymore. Start doing it. Right. Because if the thought popped in your head that we need to talk about this call, even if you think it might not be a big deal to you, it might be a big deal to someone else on your crew or someone else who ran that call. So go oh, yeah. with the benefit of the doubt uh, when it comes to initiating, uh, you know, CISM or, or whoever your organization uses, whatever tool that is to talk about it. And, and a lot of times for us as crews, you know, after we run a call um, and it's a difficult one, uh, you know, uh, we talk about it. Right. And, and sometimes it just takes us saying, you know, to break the ice, Hey, that, that really sucked. That was terrible. And, you know, and oh, yeah. I tell my people, especially the younger, younger guys and gals, uh, even if we have medic students or, um, you know, a reserve or a volunteer that rides with us, someone who's outside of our organization, um, who's visiting or something like that, who runs a call with us. And if it's a bad call, I, pl I plan out say to them, I, I say, you know, it's not normal for us as hu human beings to see things or experience things like that. So if you start to have uh, any type of problem with or, or issue with with what the call we just ran, it's OK to tell yourself that's not normal what I just saw. Right. You don't have to be Mr. or Mrs. Tough guy when it comes to seeing the things that we see and experiencing the things that we experience. You know, talk to someone that you trust about what you saw and what you experienced, especially if it's bothering you. That might be your spouse. That might be someone in the fire service, might be your, a trusted friend or mentor or your pastor or, or a counselor or whoever. Talk about it. Don't just bottle it up and keep it inside. Would you agree with that? 100%, man. You know, um, you got to be the example in that as a leader. You got to show you can be vulnerable. You can communicate. You can open up about your issues, you know, and and that takes the big C uh, out of the C's for success, which is courage. Yeah. You have to have the courage to communicate in that in that moment because, you know, in, in the firehouse, communicating about emotional things is like, you know, a little taboo, shall we say? A little, taboo, yeah, a little <laughs> taboo. <laughs> and, uh, 
so it takes courage to do that. You yeah, know? it does. But it, people need it, though. Yeah, they need it. Well, and, like you uh, said, people want authenticity, right? They want authentic leaders, and and to have that vulnerability, to have that courage, that's what people want to see. Uh, your your followers, your you know, call them subordinates, whatever. They want authentic, real leadership. They want authentic leaders, and and to be that authentic leader takes courage because you're showing that vulnerability. Would you agree yeah. with that? Oh, 100%. I mean, you see, you know, if you've had a, uh, say, a mentor, a captain, a lieutenant, someone above you that can do that, you look at that person and you say, I can get behind that guy. Yeah. yeah. That's, that guy's real. Yep. You know? Exactly. And then you can be real yourself. You know, if your mentor or your leader is real, then you as the follower, you can be real. You can you can show, um, you know, your courage, your vulner- vulnerability and, and whatever you're dealing with, because you've built that trust. The leader has built that trust with you and you've built that trust with with your leader. Um, so I've really enjoyed our conversation. You know, as we wrap wrap up, do you have any final words of encouragement or maybe wisdom for all the aspiring or maybe new fire officers that are listening? I got a, a couple of little nuggets, I guess. Well, the first one here is keep the right perspective, right? Reflect on what you have. Find contentment. Yeah. Be positive, right? That that constant perspective realignment. Do that. Constantly work on yourself. Embody the right qualities. Mm. And that, you know, that's that's why in the book, you know, it's it's for aspiring leaders, you know, but it's it's good reminders. You know, I had to read through it a bunch of times before I published it. And, uh, you know, every time I go through it, I'd be like, man, I should probably be better at that. You know, I could already get better at that. I, I just wrote well, it. You know? You're not saying you're an expert on all these things. You're, yeah. you're preaching to yourself. Right. right? And, and that's what I said in firefighter success. I'm like, Hey, a lot of smarter people, a lot more experienced and wiser people than myself have, have shared these, these, um, nuggets of knowledge with me. And I am still on my path. I am on my journey towards aspiring to achieve all these different things. So I am by no means the expert on everything I wrote on in this book, but I have found value in it. And I want to pass this value on to you. Exactly. That's that's called setting the bar high, you know, and, uh, you know, train your crew, trust them. Uh, If you're not excited to come to work, figure out why and fix it. Okay, like I like coming to work because I've I've customized it. You know, there's if there's something out at the station that you don't like, fix it. You know, if you want to put a picture up on the wall, go ahead. You know, take a picture of your crew, put it up there. You know, it's that whole pride and ownership thing. Yeah, be excited to come to work. Yeah, and and the harder you work, especially in in like really not everything, but in the leadership role, the greater the reward. Mm. And uh, and just remember that this is my biggest thing that you get paid to roll up in a shiny kick butt fire truck, <laughs> right? And help the people of your community in their greatest time of need with a group of your friends, yep. right? That's insane. Every time I think about that, I'm like, we got to, we got paid to do that together. That's right. That's right. So good. So good. Well, Jared, thank you for coming on the Firefighter Success Podcast. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, your passion. Uh, let everyone know how they can get your book and how they can connect with you. So you can uh, connect with me on modernfireofficer.com. Um, and uh, the book is pretty much everywhere. It's on all the major things, but it, 
Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, but Amazon has the Audible right there too with the with the ebook. So it's pretty easy there. You can get print, ebook, or audible if you'd like to listen. So Jim, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Great conversation. And um hopefully one day we can meet. That's right, brother. That's <laughs> right. Well, I've I've appreciated our time too. And to everyone out there listening, stay fit, stay safe, and remember when lives depend on us, success is our only option. Thanks for listening to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Go to firefightersuccessbook.com to learn more about the book, Firefighter Success, 20 C's to Firefighter Excellence. At the website, you can also download the free special report, 101 Rules for Firefighter Success.